0: Good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. And today is episode 273. And we're going to take a look at what is called the United States Air Force Office of Special Investigations. So it's kind of a branch within a branch. So it is a federal agency, basically under the umbrella of the DOD, which is the Department of Defense. So I'm not a huge fan of the Department of Defense in terms of them not uh, honoring the Congress whenever they request an audit. I am not um, a fan of people within federal agencies that act like they are better than the rest of the United States, and they act like they own Washington when they do not. So I love our military. I'm just not always a fan of the bureaucrats that basically control Washington. It gets really old. Um, you know, There was a reason why uh, President Trump said he wanted to drain the swamp. Washington, D.C. is our nation's capital, and unfortunately it has become a swamp. And the reason why it has become a swamp or a swap, I should say, S-W-A-M-P, is because for too long, uh, certain people have allowed corruption to take place politically. And it's not just within, I would say, elections. It's not just within people that get elected. It's predominantly people that we don't even know about, people that get nominated to different positions of power and then those that get hired into these different federal agencies. And the reason why we know there have been problems within different federal agencies is because of several whistleblowers that have come forward, especially in regards to the FBI and different divisions like that. And that's very sad to me because. You know, it should never get so bad that someone is fearful of losing their job or having um, ramifications, negative ramifications, I should say, from the federal government for standing up for what's right. And so one of the problems, my personal opinion, is we have people in the military and just within the federal government in general, they basically get into a position of power and it's like you can't ever get rid of them, meaning like you can't ever demote them, you can't ever fire them. And that is what makes uh, federal jobs, I guess you could say, one of the most uh, secured types of employment and that it is like pulling teeth to fire a bad person. Because usually what they do, especially in the military, is if someone is a problem, they don't fire them or demote them or kick them out. They promote them and they move them to a different division or a different unit. That is not how you address bad behavior. So I find it to be very hypocritical whenever the government, specifically the military, tries to lecture the rest of the United States about anything when they cannot even run their own agency or their own departments very well. And our men and women that are serving in the military, our soldiers are suffering at the hands of some really bad leaders. So it's, it's not the military personnel It's not the everyday individual that's in the military that is the issue. It's some of these commanders and these people in charge, some of these generals that they've been in power for too long and they have made some really bad decisions. And these are people that send our men and women basically into the face of danger. So my personal opinion is that, you know, some people deserve to be fired and they they deserve to not have severance pay or paid administrative leave. They don't deserve that. I think that if someone is a bad, evil individual and they have shown themselves to not uh, be for the uh, the American people, they're not for America, and if they have misled our military or our men and women, if they have misled them in any way, shape, or form, they should be fired. And they should be banned from ever receiving any benefits, especially financial benefits from the federal government, because we are the federal government. We We are the government. We the people. So what you need to recognize is that Whenever this bad stuff happens or it goes down, um, you just need to remember that our tax dollars are paying these people's wages and their benefits. And they typically get very cushy benefits. I mean, we're not just talking bottom-of-the-barrel health insurance or life insurance or disability insurance or benefits or retirement. It's the cream of the crop. It's almost like a labor union. So they typically get overpaid, and whenever they make a mistake, they hardly ever get fired. Again, they get promoted, so they make more money for being a bad person. That is why our military has so many problems. It hasn't always been like that, but it's been a problem for, I would say, two or three decades now. Because I know that I've come across some weird military people, even when I was younger, and I was like, how are they serving in the military? I just thought it was odd. You know, because we all have that sixth sense, we all have that feeling in our gut. And as a little girl, I remember meeting some adults that were in the military or certain. Some kind of political office of some sort, and, you know, I'm not by any means popular or anything, but kids know when someone's not a good person. They just kind of get this creepy feeling, and I'm like, that person should never be in charge of anything. So, unfortunately, within the federal government, um, because it's typically run by Democrats, even when there is a Republican in office, um, they basically will circle the wagons around anyone that um, has committed an offense as opposed to firing them and holding them accountable so, needs to say, this is why Congress, specifically Congress, holds these Senate hearings and these congressional hearings and says, hey, we need to investigate this. And I always find it kind of semi-hypocritical whenever Democrats act like they're surprised at some of this behavior, when they are the very ones that have helped to put these bad people in charge of things they should have never been in charge of. So, it's kind of like calling the kettle black, as you say. So, just FYI, be aware of that. So, Again, we have a wonderful country. We have a wonderful military. We have a wonderful government. It's not as corrupt as other countries. Like we're not as corrupt as Russia or the UK or France or um, I would say Jamaica or South Africa. But we are, as a country, as the United States, we are supposed to let our light shine because people look to us. To know how to run a country and to have a democracy and to know how to run capitalism and to have those freedoms in their country. And if we're having corruption of any kind, it's very much a travesty because we're not supposed to be like other countries. You know, there's a reason why our forefathers and our founding fathers, why they immigrated here to the United States and fought against the British to found a new country. It was to do something new. It was to have it so that people were not mistreated by a monarchy. They completely dissolved the monarchy over here. Uh, Mind you, the monarchy wasn't actually over here, but we were the uh, original, what was called the original 13 colonies over on the east coast, uh, up on the northeastern part of the United States of our coast. And so whenever we fought against the British, we were saying, hey, we don't want a king or a queen. We want true freedom We want true freedom and we want liberty. And obviously we cannot have those things under a king or a queen because you just basically make us your subjects and you take our money. So what you need to remember, you know, we probably should go over the history of the United States as well because it's a very beautiful history. It's a very rich history. It can also be very sad because of the things that have happened here. But all in all, the United States has made it through. We are a good country and we are the best country on the face of this earth. And that's not just nationalism. That's just speaking to the facts that we have democracy and we have capitalism. And even though we have our flaws, we are still far above and beyond better than any other country. Don't ever throw that away. Don't ever believe that, you know, we're not a good we're not a good country or you know, that our leaders suck. I mean, I, I, I grant you that Biden is not the best, but he's also not the worst. I mean he's not Jimmy Carter. <laughs> he's not Obama. And um, he's not Putin. So, I mean, you need to count your blessings there. Again, I did not vote for Biden, but I, I've said this before. Even though you didn't vote for someone, when they become your president, you still need to honor them because you should honor the office. And let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a moment. OK, so anyway, kind of an intro there. So let's go ahead and dive into this puppy here. And again, we're talking about the United States Air Force Office of Special Investigation. So this means this is not just your average investigation. So this means that they have very specific agents that handle this. They're typically called special agents. That's just how it goes. So this agency was formed August 1st, 1948. So obviously that is after World War II. They felt there was a need for this. Um, it is a federal agency. Its jurisdiction is the United States. It is a federal law enforcement agency. So again, it is under the umbrella of the DOD. And many of these branches of government and many of these federal agencies have their own police officers. And the reason why is because if there is a crime that is committed and the offense falls under their umbrella or their agency of who would investigate that, then they need to have law enforcement that is specifically trained to investigate those crimes. That's why they have this. So it's not like it's over-policing. Again, I don't know much about these people, but... It's not like they're over-policing. It's not like communism. It is not. Um, they don't have a whole lot of agents. I think it's like 2,000 or something. Th- that's not very many, considering they handle the entire United States in terms of what they investigate. So it, it's not communism. It's not fascism. It's not nationalism. It's just them doing their job. There is a, a need for it. Um, some agencies I'm not a fan of. This one. I I think there's a need for it, but I do get concerned, and here's why. I'm not a huge fan of the Air Force because they tend to be lazy, fat slobs. And I don't mean that negatively, but you know who you are if you're in the Air Force. It's been commonly known for a long time that the the uh, the Air Force is not the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop, if you want people to go in and do the job and do it well and, you know, boots on the ground, that's the Army and the Marines. Those people are tough. They are built for tough. They are the ones that are usually the first ones on the ground. They are the ones that see the most action and they typically have the most casualties because they are the ones that are actually in the fight all the time. And they are the ones that specifically do not leave anyone behind. I'm not saying that the Air Force or the Navy leave people behind, but the Army and the Marines, they have a different motto. They have a different way of thinking and they are hardcore and they are intense because of their training and because of the character that they have. And their morals and values. Whereas with the Air Force, they're kind of lazy. Navy, kind of uppity, but, you know, they they do a lot on the seas that not very many people can do. So it is a talent. It is a a different kind of skill set. But it's, you know, let me put it this way. Whenever you meet a Navy officer, There's a sense of class there that's not in the Air Force or in the Army or in the Marines. And I'm not saying that these other divisions I just mentioned are bad. I'm just saying that there's a different way of thinking within each branch of the military. It's kind of like how we have three branches of government. They don't think the same because they don't have the same job responsibilities. They don't have the same job title. That's just how it is. That's just a fact. It's kind of like how we each have our own individual constitution, for each individual state, but we all also fall under the Constitution of the United States as a whole. But, you know, like for example, I am currently in Oklahoma. Oklahoma is nothing like California, but yet we are both a part of the United States, but we just think so differently. And I know this because many people from California have moved to Oklahoma, and they are squirrely. <laughs> I mean, they are just a little different. Um, I've said this before, if I lived in California and my state was tanking in terms of um, real estate and being able to afford to live there, I wouldn't leave. I would probably love living in California and I would stay and I would vote in Republicans because I, I think that the problem is Democrats have taken over so many things in California, just like in New York. And some other states, and I think that if you just abandon ship, then you're basically giving bad people permission to do whatever they want. And you're not supposed to quit. You you know, we're not supposed to be quitters. We're not supposed to throw in the towel. We have a responsibility to do what's right no matter what. And sometimes that means staying behind and cleaning up the messes of someone else. That's just kind of how life is sometimes. And sometimes that's how it is when you want what is best for your country because, you don't want to give up on your country. So he used to say the people that moved here from California, they are not the cream of the crop in terms of citizens. And they are typically also not military people. Uh, they're not military personnel unless they were stationed here. But most of the people that have moved here, they, they left California because um, they wanted cheaper rent. But yet they still have the nerve to try and vote Democrat and make horrible comments about Oklahoma. I'm like, well, you know, you don't have to stay here. You don't have to live here. You know, you're just coming here because you can make more money and pay less rent. Why don't you go back to your state where you're from, fix the problems, and enjoy the beach? I mean, seriously, I I just think it's so odd that people are so quick to quit. It's not just people in their 20s. Most of the people I've met from California are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, and they just left. They left California and came here to Oklahoma and sometimes go to Texas. I'm like... You know, I'm just like, we don't want you here. And I don't mean that negatively. And I don't say that to their face. I'm just like, you know what? Like, I I just don't think they have character. And I don't think they have what it takes to fight the good fight. If they are if they are abandoning their state because they talk about how much they love L.A. and San Francisco. And, oh, it's just being overrun. Then why don't you do something about it? Why don't you care about your, your city, your state, your community? Why don't you care about your neighbor? This is why I call them rats leaving a sinking ship like they, they just abandoned it. I mean, they definitely would leave a man behind. I mean, that's just that's why people from California and New York, they're typically not the ones who are joining the military. People you know, typically the people that are joining the military are Republicans and they are from red states and sometimes from the south. So I always find it interesting whenever Democrats make it seem like Republicans are stupid, people from the South are stupid, people from Oklahoma are stupid. It's like, okay, you know, who do you think is putting their life on the line just so you can stay home and be a crazy, nutbag, liberal, progressive environmentalist and talk trash about who is defending you and defending this country? That's what I really want to say. And usually I meet these people at Walmart. (laughs) I'm just like, wow, okay. if you're so against capitalism, then why are you shopping at Walmart? Why are you shopping here? Because it's cheap. Because it's cheap and it's available. That's why. It's like, OK, I always find it interesting whenever people are against capitalism, but yet they're buying goods and services that if you are truly against capitalism, you would never purchase. You would never be a you would never be a part of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, long story short, if you're not a capitalist, don't move to a red state. <laughs> Just don't. You're probably not going to enjoy it anyway. Anyway, um, so I digress. But um, this particular federal agency, their jurisdiction, of course, is the United States. They are a federal law enforcement agency, obviously. Um, They are headquartered in Quantico, Virginia. Now, these numbers are probably a little old, but they have a little over 2,000 special agents. And then in terms of unsworn members, it's a little over 1,000. They do have a I think it's a brigadier general uh, commander that is in charge and uh, currently is Terry Bullard. And then they have an executive director at this point that it's vacant unless this data is old. And then they have a command chief master sergeant. And that is Greg Gow. Um, their parent agency, of course, is the Department of the Air Force. And that's also under the Department of Defense. They have about seven to eight different units. And I'm guessing it depends on what exactly they investigate because you have, you have specialties and then you have subspecialties within specialties, and that's why it is so specific. Um, but it says here, the Office of Special Investigations, also known as OSI, is a United States federal law enforcement agency that reports directly to the Secretary of the Air Force. OSI is also a United States Air Force field operating agency Under the Administrative Guidance and Oversight of the Inspector General of the Department of the Air Force, Now, here's the thing, I'm not a fan of Inspector Generals. You have to remember, these are professional paper pushers that are typically nominated or appointed to these positions, and they're usually not the cream of the crop. They're usually overpaid bureaucrats and overpaid paper pushers that don't really do a good job because they just want the money. Not all of them are bad people, I'm sure, but show me a good one. Because there, there have been a lot of problems with inspector generals doing their job and doing it well because they like that money, they like the title, and they very much love living in a swamp because they absolutely love Washington, D.C. So sometimes fraud and corruption go hand in hand. Um, by federal statute, OSI provides independent criminal investigative counterintelligence and protective service operations worldwide. I don't really believe that because their jurisdiction is the United States. And um says they also provide that guidance outside of the traditional military champ command. I don't really believe that. I don't believe that because they don't have the authority to do that. So sometimes you have to take this information with a grain of salt. Um, it says that OSI identifies, investigates, and neutralizes serious criminal terrorist, and espionage threats to personnel and resources of the Air Force, Space Force, and the United States Department of Defense thereby protecting the national security of the United States. I find that very hard to believe because of what happened uh, what happened with 9/11. So I think the FBI and this department specifically failed in protecting the United States because, you know, all of 9/11, everything to do with it could have been totally prevented if these people had been doing their job and doing it well. The problem is not the people that are actually doing the grunt work. It's the higher-ups. Because there have been uh, report after report, several reports, of people that actually called in to the FBI or, or reported things to different agencies and said, hey, something's not right with these people that are from the Middle East or something's not right about this. You know, Can you just look into this? And they just kind of poo-pooed it. And it's like, okay, even if something just seems like a nothing, you still need to investigate and you still need to follow it up. Like You, you need to prove it wrong, basically. You need to prove that's not a threat, not just assume. You need to prove it. And unfortunately, because many people, usually the higher-ups, did not uh, do their job and do it well, 9-11 happened, which could have totally been prevented. And, you know, I was a senior in high school when 9-11 happened, and I, I was horrified at what happened, but I wasn't surprised it happened because I personally felt like, most of the adults I met and knew were stupid in regards to national security. And I live here in Oklahoma, right? I just kind of thought these people were idiots and morons. I'm like, you really think we're never going to be attacked ever again? Like, you think Pearl Harbor was, was it? How dumb can you be? Like, there is growing terrorism overseas. Like, as a teenager, I knew that. I mean, all I had to do was hear about the news and then you hear about what's going on in the Middle East and how much they hate Americans. I'm like, you think they're never going to do anything to us? Like, come on. They want our land. They want our property. They want our money. They want the spoil. So I I was just kind of like, how can you be so dumb to let your guard down when you are a world superpower? When you are a world superpower, you have the responsibility to not be gullible and to not be stupid and to not be foolish. Like, you're supposed to be ahead of the game. Like, like you're you're supposed to be in charge, basically, especially of your destiny and your fate and of your country. Like, like, you're supposed to be more aware. And you would think that since different departments within the federal government have counterintelligence, that technically is supposed to be their job. They're supposed to be ahead of the game. They were not in that circumstance. They were also not ahead of the game, and I'm trying to remember if it was during Obama's first term or his second term when there was a shooting or some kind of violence um at a, was it, a, a, it was a base. I can't remember if it was Air Force or something else, but there was this Muslim guy. He was a Muslim soldier. He killed people, I guess, in the cafeteria, at this base, and Obama just called it workplace violence. I'm like... How dumb and stupid can you be? Like, totally foolish, totally a moron. That was an act of terrorism, and it was because this guy was a Muslim. Like, you you cannot just ignore someone's faith like that, especially when they preach hatred. I mean, you just, you cannot stick your head in the sand and suffer from ostrich syndrome and just... Go oh everything's going to be fine. No, like you you cannot choose to be ignorant and stupid and that's what President Obama did. It's like you you just you, you can't be dumb and yet try and convince everybody that you're smart. It just it just doesn't work that way, folks. It just doesn't. But anyway, um some of the areas that this agency looks into or things that they do is they protect critical technologies and information I don't really believe that because there have been hackers in Russia and China. I mean, they've been hacking stuff for a long time. Some of our IT people are so dumb and so stupid. They love the title and the money, and they're typically very arrogant computer people, and they just don't have a clue what our enemies do. It's, it's so dumb and so stupid. I mean, they're, they're so behind in thinking, and um, they don't understand the culture over there. They, they don't understand these people have no honor And that's why they are willing to do what they do. So ignorance is not always bliss. Another thing that this agency is supposed to do is detect and mitigate threats. Well, um, 9-11 could have been prevented. And then I think it was Fort Hood. For some reason, the term Fort Hood is coming to mind in regards to that Muslim guy that was an officer in the United States military to start shooting people in the cafeteria at this base. That could have easily been detected and prevented. But they didn't do it. Because like, oh, we can't really question this guy because he's Muslim. Bull. It doesn't matter what someone's faith is. If they need to be investigated, you investigate them. You ask them questions. You pull them over. You, you pull them into an investigation, interrogation, interview room, and you lay it on the line. You, you ask them questions. You let them know, hey, we're on to you, so you better straighten up. We may not know everything that's going on head of yours, but you, you need to straighten up. They didn't do that. They did not do that. They did not properly investigate this guy. They did not call him out. They tippy toed around him because he was Muslim. See here's the thing. Muslims love it when other people tippy when whenever other people tippy toe around them because they, they have control over other people. No religion here in the United States should or could dominate anybody else. Why? Because we have freedom of religion. Meaning there isn't one religion that is better than, than another, although some are not good, especially cults like the Muslim faith and Sharia law. But it's all more reason that whenever you know something's a cult and it's a problem, you should be more alert. They were not more alert, and we, we paid the price. Americans, we, we paid the price in so many ways. So here's the thing it's not the fault of our it's not the fault of our military personnel like the the people that are in the lower ranks this is the fault of the higher ups management because they are the ones that become aware of these things and then they make the decision whether or not to investigate something or whether or not to do something about it and they chose not to and they chose to look the other way so whose fault is that so FYI be aware of that Another thing this agency is supposed to do is provide global, specialized services. That's not their job. We are not the world's piggy bank. We are not the world's uh, police force. We should not be doing that. That's a waste of our money. If the world can't act right, that's on them. That's on them. We are not responsible for other people's behavior. We're not their mommy. We're not their daddy. We're not their nanny. We're not their mammy. You know, we are the United States. We are a world superpower. If someone else can't figure out their own country and their own issues, that's that's their demise. That's not our problem. Um, next thing there's these this ag- this agency, excuse me, supposed to do is conduct major criminal investigations. Good luck with that. Um, they failed on so many areas, just like the FBI. Let me get a drink of water hole in just a moment. So we kind of need to be careful with these things, because um, what I mean by be careful with these things is like. If they're not going to investigate something, then I have to ask why. Like, why are they not doing their job? Why are they not doing it well? Why are they not taking these things seriously when these things could totally be prevented? So I don't really believe that they conduct major criminal investigations because so many things have slipped through the gate. I I don't think they're doing their job. I don't think they're doing it well. And if I had to guess as to why, I would say it's because their agents are not being trained appropriately and they're not given permission to do their job and do it well. That has been a tremendous problem within the federal government where sometimes they purposely don't train people and other times they do train people, but then they won't let them do their job. And so then they set them up for failure so that if ever something comes down the pipeline that looks bad, they can fire the person that didn't do their job. It's like, well, they were not allowed to do their job. So they basically set these workers up to be the scapegoat so they can fire them in the future. And so these employees, they lose their benefits. That sucks. I don't agree with that. Um, But anyway. Uh, a little bit of history. Um, obviously, this agency was founded in 1948. So that's after World War Two. Um, and this was created at, at the suggestion of Congress. And it was to consolidate um, two different agencies and to try and make it just one. That typically does happen within the federal government, like, for example, with EPA, which was founded and created by President Richard Nixon, who was a Republican um, Basically, what was happening was um, many people, the public, were crying out about Superfund sites, basically toxic hazardous waste sites that were not being cleaned up, whether by the company that caused it or by the federal government that caused it, like these different military branches. Sometimes they have destroyed nature and caused tremendous Catastrophes And then they don't clean it up. So it's not just companies. It's not just big corporations that cause this stuff. Sometimes it's also the federal government. Well, the public was speaking out about this and they're reporting it to whatever agency would listen to them. So you had all these different federal agencies that were refusing to talk to each other, but they were getting these reports of toxic hazardous waste sites that were not being cleaned up. And so uh, President Richard Nixon kind of saw the writing on the wall and said, hey, you know, no one's getting anything done and you guys aren't talking to each other. You're basically just having a pissing contest, excuse my language, but you're making it about a competition and you don't want to talk to each other. So then nobody knows, like, basically no one knows what the right hand is doing when compared to the left. So that is a problem for sure. So President R- Richard Nixon created the Environmental Protection Agency the EPA. And so he brought everything that has to do with the environment unto, or under one umbrella, as opposed to having all these different federal agencies looking at the same thing. But they're not—they were not addressing anything. They weren't fixing it. They were just, oh yeah, thank you for reporting that. We'll look into it, and then they never look into it. They never addressed it. So this is why the federal government wisely creates these agencies when they consolidate, because that way it forces them to talk to each other. It forces them to address things. It forces them to be held accountable. That's what I like about whenever they consolidate federal agencies. It also saves us money in terms of tax dollars. But more importantly, it helps to create responsibility and accountability and hold those people to those. So I definitely agree with that. Um, So in terms of the different departments within this agency, they have the Office of Special Projects. Who knows what that means? The Office of Procurement Fraud, good luck with that. Um, Then they have Force Support Squadron, interesting name. Then they have the U.S. Air Force Special Investigations Academy, so I'm guessing that's where they train everybody. That's good. Then they have the Investigations Collections Operations Nexus Icon Center, whatever that is. I guess that's where they look into things. And then they also have, um, I guess, they're designated um, to be an agency for the Department of Defense Cyber Crime Center, which is totally stupid because since when has the United States been able to be good – Uh, At defending us, the American people, against cybercrime. I mean, they're just not very smart people. For some reason, the federal government has some of the dumbest people ever working in IT. I mean, it's just it's really shocking what comes out in these uh, congressional hearings and these Senate hearings. And you just look at these people like, how dumb can you be? Well, Sometimes the federal government does not want to hire the cream of the crop because they don't want people to question anything. So, unfortunately, um, it's the American people that always suffer at the hands of the incompetent. So that's just kind of how it is. I don't like it, but that's what happens sometimes. In terms of the operations that this agency has, they have a threat detection. Good luck with that. They did not detect 9-11. They did not detect what happened at Fort Hood. And then there was another incident. Um, i trying to think. There was this – was it a couple – there's a man, a woman that, probably getting two events mixed up, but there was a couple. They were Muslim. Oh, my God, they looked so hateful in their pictures whenever they entered the country. Um, Muslim, hateful, killed some people. I can't remember if they were the same people that shot up a club. I can't remember. But there was a time frame in the United States where we just had one Muslim after another killing Americans. Especially they were killing um, people they worked with or they were killing homosexuals. And it was really sick. It was very disturbing. And these things could have been detected. They could have been avoided. They could have been averted. And they could have been stopped. But, again, our government, our um, agencies that handle these things, they did not take these threats or the these tips seriously. And people died because of their stupidity. So... Not happy about that, but, you know, it's. that's what happens when you put bad people in charge of something extremely important like our national security. But anyway, another thing that they have operations in is criminal investigations. Good luck with that. Economic crime investigation. I don't think they really know what they're doing, although they probably love money. Um, Then you have information operations. Um, I don't really see how they're really helping with global security. I really don't get that. Um, It just makes no sense to me. Then they have technology protection. Um, I find that to be very stupid and hypocritical because the federal government often has contracts with these big tech companies. So these big tech companies who need to be broken up because many of them are monopolies, and monopolies are supposed to be illegal in the United States. Um, But unfortunately, our government is doing nothing about it. And one of the reasons why our federal government is doing nothing about it is because they have contracts with these companies. And so these companies, these big tech companies, They not only have a bunch of information on the public, but now they have private data on the government. So that is very concerning because you have a select few companies that hold all the cards and all this security data on both sides of the aisle, so to speak. And that's a big problem. And that needs to stop because that is not the American way. And that is a very dangerous way to set your country up for failure. Not a fan of that at all. I think if you're going to do something, you should do it right the first time and every time. No exceptions to that rule. That's just my policy. Um, Let's see here. uh, Let's see. They have an Air Force informant program. Um, I I find this odd, but it says in December 2013, the Colorado Springs Gazette reported that AFOSI was operating a confidential informant program at the United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado, which recruited cadets to gather information about other rule breakers and criminals. Um, I find this to be very stupid, and here's why. Um, I know some people that have graduated from that academy, and um, what's really dumb about this academy is our military, our government has allowed this academy to train other people from other countries here in the United States, learn our software, learn our weaponry, and then go back to their country. That is not our job to train these people. If they can't figure out how to run and rule their country and protect their country, that is not our problem, that is not our issue. They have no right to be in our academy and to learn our weaponry, to learn our systems. And you know, there was um, one guy that I knew that he said that, oh, man, these people from these other countries, you would never want to go to war and have them be next to you because there's no way they're going to protect you. There's no way they will leave you for dead. You cannot trust these people. They lie out of both sides of their face. I'm like, then why do they allow them in, into the academy? He couldn't really give me a, a clear answer. He just goes, well, it's just something that they do. I was like, wow. So this whole, quote unquote, inclusivism has been a problem for a long time, long before it was in regards to transgenderism. Um, so here here you have higher-ups in our military and our government, thinking that it's okay to bring other people, especially young men, young military officers from other countries, and have them train at our military academies, and they're not Americans. They're not going to fight for us. They're not going to fight with us. But yet we're showing them basically almost all of our secrets. Wow, how dumb. See, this is what I was talking about when I said that, you know, it's it's not the – It's not the actual military people that are serving out of the problem. It's the higher-ups. It's these idiots that are in charge that stupidly have been promoted over and over again because no one has the nerve or the boldness to fire these bad people. And so bad people typically make bad decisions. I mean, I would think that would be obvious, but when it comes to our federal government and our military, they have a hard time... um, Coming to that conclusion because it's like everything has to be their idea. And so if it's not their idea, they won't embrace it. They will willingly look the other way and let issues cause a problem. Another thing that really shocked me about our um, Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Did you know that they have a wicket temple like for witches to practice whatever they practice on site at this academy? That used to never happen. Never but they have it. And it creeps out it creeps out the cadets that are not wickets. So here you have, oh well, there's supposed to be freedom of religion. Um, that does not include cults or demonic worship. You have to draw the line somewhere. I mean, can you imagine serving in a really tough situation in the military, like you're overseas and you're having to rely on a wicket or someone that is you know, worships the devil. Like, you're, you're, you're having to rely on them to make good, sound decisions. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. They would probably be more interested in wandering off into the woods and having an animal sacrifice. I mean, this is why you have to be picky about who you allow into the military. You have to. You just have to. And so it was, it was just kind of shocking to learn those things about the Air Force because over time the Air Force has become very relaxed and, um, That has to deal with our military leaders, not the actual soldiers. You're dealing with the leaders that are causing these problems, and they don't value the safety and the integrity of the United States. If you're allowing wickets and transgenders and homosexuals to join the military, and these are the people that are typically causing the problems, um, then what does that say about the people that recruit them and allow them in? Like, why would you want people that are not really for the United States, and they're, they're already a troublemaker. Like, they, they, And I don't mean troublemaker in a bad way. I just mean like they're, they're troubled. Like they're, they're not psychologically sound. And they're causing problems not only in their personal life, but now in their military life. And this affects other people in the military. Like whenever you have a military unit, you cannot have uncertainty. You cannot have squirreliness when you're going into battle of any kind. You have to be able to rely on people and to trust them. And so because our military has allowed all these really weird, bad people to join the military, uh, that's why we have so many of these issues, and it's very sad. Um, But anyway, in terms of their military criminal investigative organizations, there is the United States Army Criminal Investigation uh, Command. Then you have the United States Army uh, Counterintelligence, and then you have the Navy Criminal Investigative Service which is NCIS, uh, NCIS, like that popular show that's kind of skanky and trashy where people just sleep around with each other, hardly ever get married. The crimes were interesting, but I didn't like the personal garbage in the background. It was dumb. Then you have the Defense Criminal Investigative Service. Then you have the Coast Guard Investigative Services. Now, in terms of the Department of the Air Force, you have the Secretary of the Air Force, the Inspector General of the Department of the Air Force, The Judge Advocate, General's uh, Corps, U.S. Air Force, United States Air Force, Security Forces. Then you have the Department of the Air Force Police. And then you have the U.S. Air Force Intelligence Surveillance and Reconnaissance Agency. And then you have the 6,004th Air Intelligence Service Squadron. Um, In terms of kind of what they do, it's it's under the branch of the Department of Defense, but then they have special agents within their law enforcement. So these are not your typical cops. You know, cops are are cool and everything, especially if they're a good cop. If it's a bad cop, not cool. But these are people that are specifically trained not only for the Air Force, but also in in kind of a federal agency manner. So this is kind of like I said before, it's an agency within an agency. So I hope and pray that the agency is being run by good people that do not practice inclusivism and that they do not allow bad people to be promoted and instead they fire them. Because the more we tolerate and allow bad people to be hired and promoted – the more it is going to destroy our military. And first of all, America doesn't deserve that. We, we deserve the best possible military that this planet can provide for us. And also, our men and women that serve in the military, they deserve better leaders, better commanders, better generals. Because at this point, sometimes I feel like we don't know what's going on with our military men and women, and here they are putting their life on the line. And um, they're they're willing to sacrifice their life for our safety, and yet... They're being treated like garbage by the higher-ups, like they're not being cared about. They're not being listened to. They're not being protected. And sometimes the evil is coming from within, and I think that needs to stop. So it needs to say, whenever it's like I said in times past, whatever you tolerate is what you allow to contaminate. So just FYI, be aware of that because that can be an issue. But I will go ahead and end this podcast, but as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.